Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classes of Mail. My name is Alan Gigax, and today we have a very special episode that is for the CCAs. It is for the CCAs specifically who are in my station, but it is applicable to CCAs around the country as well. And if I say stuff that is not generally applicable or if the rules change from place to place, I'm going to do my best to try to remember to specify how the rules might vary where you are. But this advice or what I'm going to tell you is generally applicable. And another thing you need to know before we get started is I'm pretty fired up. There is some shit that went down today. Oh, well, there's the first one. There's some shit that went down today that uh, really bothers me. I care about our CCAs and I care about the way that they're treated and I do not like the way they were talked to today. So that's the impetus for this episode. And there are going to be some naughty words in here. So if your ears are too sensitive for that, uh, you might want to turn the podcast off now because I guarantee you I'm going to get fired up. All right. So with that out of the way, let's get right to it. You know, normally I say these episodes a couple of times. I write my script. I go over them a few times. And then when I'm comfortable and I got it, I hit record, but not this time. I'm just going, going straight for it. So this is raw. All right. First of all, I'm not your boss. I'm not your supervisor. I'm a carrier just like you. And a lot of what I tell you on this podcast, you got to take it with a grain of salt as a CCA, because it's easy for me to give you this advice about what the contract says and what your rights are and things like that. You know, I've been in the post office 17 years and there's not a lot management can do to me at this point. I'm guaranteed my eight hours every day, guaranteed my 40 hours every week. And that's not the case for a CCA. So you got to be careful because management controls your schedule. So you got to kind of dance with them. Because if they want, they can just send you home or they can fail to schedule you. I hate that they do that low-key fire people where they just stop scheduling them and they give them like four hours a week until they quit. It's chicken shit. If you want to fire somebody, fucking fire them. But don't pull that. And if your, if your management is doing that to you, go to your union. And hopefully there's a way that, you know they can talk to management and try to work it out because that, that's some bullshit right there. And that's what your union is for for mistreatment like that. So yeah, they can send you home. They can fail to schedule you and they can send you to other stations whenever they feel like it. Or can they, can they send you to other stations whenever they feel like it? Well, turns out, no, turns out there's rules about that. And I'm going to tell you those rules in order to send a CCA to another station. There's a process that management's supposed to do. Number one, they're supposed to solicit volunteers in the JCAM. Oh, I'm going to talk about the JCAM a lot in this episode, the Joint Contract Administration Manual. This is a big giant book that has our whole contract in it. And then it also has all these annotations and citations and, and further definitions. And it like expands on the contract. So a lot of what I'm going to tell you comes out of the JCAM. And this is one of them. Before they send a CCA to another station, they are supposed to solicit volunteers to the extent practicable or to, you know, the extent that they can. Now, how many of you, when getting sent to another station, have been asked, hey, you cool to go to another station tomorrow? 
I bet not many. At my station, I don't think it ever happens. And that's not okay. They're supposed to ask for volunteers. What does it cost management to ask, hey, do you want to go to another station and actually get people who are willing to go? It doesn't cost them anything. They just don't give a shit. They don't bother. So that's number one. They're supposed to ask for volunteers. And then if they don't get any volunteers, you know how they're supposed to select who goes to the other station? By seniority. Whoever's the lowest CCA goes to the other station. But you know how they do it? Whoever the hell they feel like sending goes to the other station. So, if you get sent to another station and these processes were not followed, let your shop steward know. Let them know that management is not abiding by these rules and we will file a grievance and make sure that management does this appropriately. <sighs> you have to let the union know. And I'll tell you something else. When they send you to another station, if it's further away than your regular station is, you get paid mileage. So maybe you live really close to your home station and that's really convenient. Oh, my commute's only two miles each day. And then they send you to a station that's across town and it's 20 miles instead of two to get to that other station. Well, guess what? They owe you 18 miles of mileage. No, they owe you 36 miles of mileage because you get to drive there and drive back. Are they giving you that money? I doubt it. So talk with your union steward. We're going to get you that money. You know, because here's the thing. It's already unfair enough for CCAs. It's already shitty enough. It's already bad enough for you guys. And there are at least some rules in place to protect you. And that's what we're going to focus on in, these ep in this episode. Those rules that are there to protect you. But guys, you got to make these rules work for you. It drives me nuts as a steward. I'm only an alternate steward, but it still drives me nuts all the same that a CCA will tell me about this egregious thing that management said to them or some way that they're mistreated. And I'm like, dude, awesome. I can't wait to file a grievance on this. All I need is a statement. And then they never write the statement. So I can't do anything about it. I can't help you unless you let me help you. So that's the deal. It's already bad enough. Let your union help you. That's why you're paying the union dues. You're paying for that. Put it to use. All right. So the rules that we're going to talk about in this episode. First of all, you are not an on-call employee. You are a scheduled employee. And yes, your schedule sucks ass. Your schedule changes all the time, but you are still not an on-call employee. Management has to inform you of your new schedule before you leave for the day, which is why you check the schedule every day. And in the JCAM, in section 8.3, it reads as follows, quote, PTFs and CCAs may not be required to remain on standby or remain at home for a call-in on days they are not scheduled to work, end quote. So if you're off that day, you ain't expected to stay by the phone. I've heard of, of supervisors telling carriers that, oh, I might need you tomorrow. Make sure you stay by the phone. Fuck that. No, you're off. If they want you, they can schedule you. That's, it's already bad enough being a CCA. Least they could do is schedule you if they're going to need you. And dude, if you don't come in tomorrow, you know what's going to happen? Oh, the post office is going to explode. Everything's going to go up in flames and no mail is going to get delivered. No, of course that ain't going to happen. The mail's still going to get delivered. Somebody else will just get that overtime. Dude, give me a freaking break. They can schedule you. All right, so that's number one. And then sometimes management tries to text you 
or leave you a voicemail and say, hey, come in, and they try to act like that's an instruction. It is not. In fact, we have a memo from the local postmaster specifically regarding texted instructions for a schedule change. And this is what it says, quote, from the postmaster, quote, texting is not appropriate. Text and voicemail messages are not instructions. Management can leave a voicemail message and ask carriers or CCAs to call. There is no requirement or prohibition to return the call. So, because you are not on call, once you leave the station, your schedule is set. That is your schedule. Take a picture of that schedule for proof and then don't answer your phone. If you answer the phone and they tell you not to come in, you're out of luck. Or if they tell you to come in, you're even more out of luck because, oh my God, I thought I was going to finally get a day off. Don't answer your phone. When you're on the clock, yeah, you answer your phone or you do whatever. I, you know, again, I, and with all these things, I ain't your boss, right? You do, you do you. All right. So let's say that you are scheduled and you come in. You are guaranteed four hours. Guaranteed. Around the country, there are some places where it's only two hours, and it depends on how big your station is or your area is. But here it's four. And in the JCAM, section 8.8C, it says that the guarantee, uh, quote, does not apply to PTFs. Oh, I should mention that this decision that it's quoting from here uh, dates back to before CCAs were invented. So it also applies to CCAs by extension, but here it just says C, uh, PTFs. So let me go back. In 8.8c, the guarantee, these four-hour guarantee, quote, does not apply to PTFs who were initially scheduled to work but were called at home and directed not to report to work prior to leaving for work, end quote. So if they call you and your dumbass answers and they tell you, oh, we don't need you today, well, now you're out of luck. And that's why you don't answer your phone. But it says here that you should be called prior to leaving for work. So that means that if you show up at the station and they stop you from clocking in and say, no, no, we don't need you, don't clock in, guess what? You still get your guarantee time because you were scheduled and you showed up. And in theory, even if they call you while you're on your way to work and they tell you not to come in, you still get your guarantee time based on the way this is worded in the JCAM. But don't leave it to chance. Just don't answer your phone. And for God's sake, if management sends you home, tell your shop steward. Because, you know, they might just pay you automatically. They know the rules too. They know they have to pay you those four hours. But they're trying to take advantage of you by sending you home and not paying you those hours. So it's best to inform your union steward, hey, I'm being sent home. And may, we'll make sure we get you those hours. Now you might be wondering, what if they ask me if I want to go home? Oh, there's not much to do today. Do you want to go home? Do you lose your guarantee then? What if you say yes? What if they're like, hey, CCA, would you like to go home? And you say yes, what happens to your guarantee? Nothing. You don't lose your guarantee. In JCAM 8.8D, it says management may not solicit employees to work less than their call-in guarantee. An employee may waive their guarantee in the case of illness or personal emergency. 
So when they say, hey, it doesn't look like we have any trucks today. Do you want to go home? And you say yes. Is that an illness or personal emergency? No, it's not. That's management soliciting you to work less than your guarantee. Fuck that. You get your four hours. That's it. All right. There's more rules like this. There's a bunch of rules like this. And one of these days, I'll do a a podcast specifically about CCA rights. But honestly, all of this is just preamble. And we should probably finally get to the real point. We've already been re- already been recording for 12 minutes. I haven't even gotten to the point yet. Jeez Louise. Here's the point. Why I'm doing this today. Because of poor treatment by management. Because of a meeting that management held today where they told CCAs that they need to go faster. That essentially accused them of being out there stealing time. And the CCAs I know bust their ass out there. They work hard. These CCAs skip their lunches, skip their breaks. Even though I tell them not to, they still do it. And then you got management telling them they need to go faster. Dude, give me a break. So, you know, management has an obligation to instruct. And the only instruction they give you, go faster. That's not true. Sometimes they give you another instruction. Hurry up. And that's it. And so this leads to CCAs rushing. And they hustle through their route. They're trying to get done because they got to get back by six. Or they got to make sure that they're on time. You know, this is another one of those things that's real easy for me to say because I've been in for 17 years. There is no such thing as on time. It takes what it takes out there. However long it takes you to deliver the mail, as long as you're not stealing time, that's how long it takes. And management can say whatever they want, but that ain't real. That's their own unrealistic expectations. You had to be nice if everybody got done in eight hours, but that ain't reality. So today, I'm out there delivering the mail, and I run into a CCA. And I see this carrier down the street a little bit, and this is in a neighborhood that's all park and loop. So you park the truck at the end of the street, you walk in a big circle, and you go door to door to door to door all the way around the block until you get back to your truck, park and loop. And I see this carrier doing park and loop like it's sidewalk delivery or here we call it also like stop and hop or over the curb uh, where you park the truck and then you hop out and you put the mail in the mailbox then you hop back in drive up to the next mailbox and doing park and loop like it's sidewalk delivery is its own issue and I'm going to come back to it but for now let me just tell you what I saw I saw the CCA and no of course I'm not going to name the CCA saw the CCA going up to the door without their satchel. Now, number one, this is against local policy. Local policy says every time you go up to a customer's door, you have to have your satchel. Or even go into their yard, you're supposed to have your satchel. That's the policy. Number two, this is in an area with frequent dog attacks. In fact, the regular carrier who bid off the route bid off because of dog attacks. And that's why we have our satchel. So first, I see the carrier going up to the door without the satchel. I also see the carrier going up to the door while the truck is parked illegally. Not fully parked in a parking space, kind of parked half-ass out into the street. I also see the carrier going up to the door without securing the truck. They leave the truck door open. They got the window rolled down and they're going away from the truck. 
so it's supposed to be secured. And the carrier is also going up to the door without doing the proper dismount procedures, like curb the wheels, set the brake, all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe some of that stuff was done. It wasn't, you know, they didn't leave the truck running at least, thank God. But certainly the wheels weren't curbed or other things that you're supposed to do. I really only know for sure about the curbed wheels. But that's not the point. Sorry for digressing. This is why I record more than once sometimes. All right, so anyway. So I go up and I talk to the CCA and I point out to these things and take a guess what reason the CCA gave me for why they were cutting all these corners. What could their motivation be for doing that? You know what it is. They were trying to go faster because of this meeting that they had with management in the morning where management told them you need to go faster, where if you get a handoff that says it's an hour and 45 minutes, you better get that thing done in an hour 45 minutes. Forgetting the fact that the times they put on our 3996s are already bullshit because they're splitting these routes into five hours on the street, even though they're six, six and a half hours on the street for the regular carrier. Yeah. And then the supervisor has the nerve to tell these CCAs who are out there busting their ass that if you can't get this stuff done on time, now none of this is direct quotes, right? This is all hearsay. If you can't get this stuff done on time, you need to resign. As if that's going to fix our problem. We already have this huge problem of carriers quitting, of CCA retention. And to come out and tell them that if you can't meet these bullshit expectations, you need to resign well, no wonder we have a turnover problem. You don't say, oh, dude. So I just got a text from another CCA who um, is going to tell me about the problems that came up at this morning's meeting. It's unfucking believable. So that's it, right? Go faster. Go faster. So now let me ask you. What happens if management comes out and sees this carrier? They see the carrier cutting all these corners, hopping out of their truck, going up to the door like that, leaving the truck open, don't curb the wheels, no satchel, all that stuff. What are they going to say to the carrier? I'll tell you. They're going to pat that carrier on the back and say, hey, man, thanks for rushing so fast. You're doing a great job. No, they're not going to say that. Don't be fucking stupid. No, they're going to bust that carrier for having all these safety violations. And depending on how much they like or dislike the CCA, that is going to lead to anything from a stern talking to where they're like, hey, you got to make sure you do all this stuff right. Could be anywhere from that to an emergency removal. 16-7, where that's essentially you're fired. For what? In service of what? Going faster. Yeah. So how much longer does it take to do the job the right way? Well, I've covered this on a previous podcast. It takes about six to 10 extra seconds per stop to lock up the truck and grab your satchel and then to unlock it and put your satchel away when you come back. More on that a little bit later as well. When we talk about doing stop and hop like it's park or park and loop like it's stop and hop. So when management pressures you about your time, What does it mean when they say, hey, we need you to go faster. You're not keeping up out there. Not happy with how fast you're going. You know, when they accuse you of stealing time. Well, if you're past your probation, it doesn't mean much. You know, and a lot of the stuff that I'm saying 
doesn't apply to carriers before probation because management could just get rid of you for any reason. And so, yeah, that 90 days, it's a rough 90 days. You know what old timers say? <laughs> they say, yeah, they got 90 days of hard work out of me at the beginning of my career, and I'll give them 90 more over the rest of my career. Ah, old timers, I tell you. All right, so anyway, so when they're accusing you of stealing time, you know, it doesn't mean much except that they control your hours. And we already talked about that, how that can lead to a rougher time for you. But as far as discipline goes, if you're putting in an honest day's work, you really shouldn't have much to worry about. And most CCAs that I see bust their ass. They work hard. The truth is, management can't discipline you simply for taking longer than they think you should take. That's not a crime at the post office. It's something they can not like, but they can not like it all day long. That's not the same as discipline. If they want to discipline you, they have to show just cause. And there are multiple causes for taking longer that could lead to discipline, like unsatisfactory effort or time-wasting practices. Those can lead to discipline, legitimate discipline that the union probably won't be able to overturn. But just saying, oh, you're taking too long, that's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. So they accuse you of stealing time. They accuse you of time-wasting practices, but you know you're out there busting your ass. And I know you're out there busting your ass too. So your response, if you think there are ways I can improve my time, come out and show me. Make them do their job. Make them instruct you. Otherwise, it's just talk. They have no idea what you're going through out there. So that's it. Hey, come out and show me how you think I could be doing better because I think I'm doing the right things out there. Now, here's the catch. If management does come out, you better be doing shit the right way. So one time when I was a young pup, just new to being full-time regular, I've been a PTF back then, which is just like being a CCA, except I had better benefits. Anyway. I got my route at my current station and oh, it was an awful route. It was bad with dogs. It was a lot of walking. It was really long. And so I was going into overtime. I was taking longer than management thought I should take. And it was a fight all the time. I think I need 45 minutes of overtime. They don't think I need any overtime. And I didn't know my rights back then. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was stupid. I'm still stupid, but at least I'm a little bit less stupid. So anyway, the supervisor threatened me. And he said, like he didn't say he was going to kick my ass. He said that he was going to come out and follow me and show me, you know, he was going to prove essentially that I was out there stealing time and not doing the job the right way. So he comes out, he follows me for a few streets and sees how I'm delivering the mail and what I'm doing. And at the end of him following me, he pulled me aside and I said, all right, you know, what, what advice do you have for me? And this is the advice he gave me. I noticed that when you leave the door, this is on a walking route, when you leave the door, you're not looking ahead of you to make sure the path is clear. You just immediately start fingering the mail to get ready for the next house. And that can lead to trip hazards. So what I would suggest is before you take off for the next house, stop for a sec and look at the path and make sure it's clear before you start walking. That's it. That was his whole advice for the whole time. Is that going to make me faster? No, that's not going to make me faster. And that's my point. He came out there to prove that I was engaging in time-wasting practices. And he didn't find any. And the only thing he actually found 
was a potential safety violation. And when they come out to look at you, they're looking for safety violations. They're looking for unsatisfactory effort and they're looking for time-wasting practices. Now I said I'm going to come back to this topic and here we are back at this topic because if they do come out and watch you and you're doing any of those things, they're going to bust you, especially if they already got a bug up their ass about how you're not doing the job the right way. So I got plenty of podcasts out now that how to do the job the right way and there's more to come and you can even talk to me if you're at my station and I'll be happy to tell you. But here's the thing. If they come out and see you and you're doing park and loop like it's sidewalk delivery and you're parking in front of every house and running up to the door, you know what? That is a time-wasting practice and management is right. You are out there wasting time. The only way that doing the job like that can save time is if you do it wrong. Because securing the truck and grabbing the satchel, it adds about 10 seconds to each stop. And that's not a big deal if you're doing stop and hop and every once in a while you got to go up to the door and you might do that 20 or 30 times in a day. And so you're talking like five minutes, you know, or less. But if you're delivering 300 houses that way, ah, that really adds up fast. And that doesn't even count all the additional parking that you have to do, which also adds a ton of time. So yeah, I hate to break it to you. But if you're doing stop, if you're doing park and loop, like it's a stop and hop or, or sidewalk delivery, yeah, you're wasting time. So, uh, anyway, so that, uh, let me go on to the next page. These routes are park and loop for a reason. And I, I train this, you know, it breaks my heart to see people I trained not doing the stuff that I spend so much time trying to instill in the carrier academy and in on-the-job instruction. And I get it. It's not because you don't give a shit about what I said. Well, maybe it is. And I, and I can't fault you for that. I do tend to drone on. But I know once you leave me, all you hear is faster, faster, faster. And you don't get those instructions reinforced. And this is the way management makes it. And then they try to shit on you for being the product of the situation that they created. It's bullshit. And that brings me back to my main point and the point of classes of mail and why this podcast exists at all, the whole series, why the whole thing exists. I'm not your boss. You do you. I'm not going to tell you that you have to do anything the way I say it. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to give you the education you need to succeed at this job. I'm trying to make you discipline proof so that management can't fuck with you because you're doing things the right way. Whether you take my advice or not, of course, that's up to you. I got no control over that. All I can do is put it out there. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being short-sighted. Maybe I'm saying shit that's easy for me to say because I got 17 years in. And maybe I just don't understand what CCAs go through. Maybe I'm stupid. Well, I'm definitely stupid in, in a lot of ways. And, and if you've hung out with me long enough, you'll definitely know that. But here's the thing. Even if I am stupid, which I am, you don't have to take my word for it. Don't believe me. This shit is in the contract. Look it up for yourself. 
I gave you the citations for some of these rules. Look at them. It's easy enough to find. The whole JCAM and the M41, all that shit's on the internet. Look it up. It's in the M41. It's in the contract. It's taught in the Carrier Academy. You can see it for yourself. At the end of the day, I'm here to help you. I'm doing this podcast because I want to help you. Because I want you to succeed. And I want you to be treated better by management. Look out for yourself. Make yourself discipline proof. Learn the job. The better you know the job, the easier it gets, and the more you can ignore management's bullshit. I wish that they didn't do that bullshit in the first place. And that's a big part of why I became a union steward. It's first why I became a Carrier Academy instructor, and now why I'm going to try to work my way into the union, work my way up, because it's important to me. So on that note, if you work at my station, sorry about what happened to you today. I'm going to do what I can to try to make it right. And please, I implore you to reach out to me when anything like that happens. Whenever you feel you're being mistreated, let me know. I can talk to management on your behalf. That's the point of being a union steward. That's why I did it. And I can file grievances if it comes down to that. I'm happy to. And so is your other union stewards at our station and the folks down at the union hall. That's why we're here. And for the rest of you, if you're outside of my station, thanks for listening. Uh, Hopefully things are a little more chill at your station, but they're probably not because where I work is actually one of the most chill stations in Las Vegas. <laughs> Today was just a bad day, but it's been, it's been rough lately. So anyway, if you're outside of the area, drop me an email. Feel free to ask me your questions. I really want to answer them. I'm here to help. My email is coachallen, A-L-A-N, at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my profile is totally public and I do accept messages from strangers. Uh, and my name on there, it's just my name, Alan Gigax, A-L-A-N-G-E-G-A-X. So you can find me there too. Guys, take care of yourselves out there. Do the job the right way. Make yourselves discipline proof. And I will promise to keep doing what I'm doing. And I will see you next time.